Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just one. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 66. I can't hardly believe it. Episode 66 of a series of episodes that we've been calling Leading Others to Christ. And those of you who have been listening and watching, you know that during these episodes, we're going to be focused on evangelism. Uh, we have a lot of goals that we have with this. Uh, one of them is to stir us up to love and good works, but especially in the area of reaching our family, friends, co-workers, whatever, with the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana, uh, where I also serve as one of the shepherds. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Franklin is about 20 miles south of downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. Those of you that know me, you know that I'm passionate about our subject of evangelism, and I have been ever since I obeyed the gospel when I was 21 years old in Owensboro, Kentucky. And I've been doing this every time. I'm going to do it again. But uh, some phrases that, that most of you be familiar with, but I've always been striving to teach others, to sow the seed, to learn how to be a fisher for men and women, uh, to make disciples to persuade men and women, and also to teach others how to teach. I see myself more as a teacher than I do as a preacher. And I always try to remember what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, and the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. And then later in the chapter, Paul says to Timothy, talks to him about being useful for the master prepared for every good work. So back during 2020, when all the COVID nonsense started, I came up with this idea of doing a podcast, which I'd never done before. I'm still a work in progress. Uh, but the idea was to try to find the men and women, the, the fellow workers out there that are doing this, that are involved in, in leading others to Christ. And and uh, find out who they are, where they are, interview them, and see what ideas that we can get and what we can learn from them. And uh, I've just, uh, this has been a real blessing for me. I've learned so many things, and I've met so many people. Probably 75, 80% of the people that we've interviewed, I've never met in person, including our, our interviewee today. But uh, so it's been a real blessing for me. We're excited today to have somebody with us that you're going to learn a lot from, and I encourage you to take out your pen and paper and take some notes. But we've got B.J. Sipe with us from Danville, Kentucky. Welcome, B.J. Hey, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real <coughs> blessing and a privilege to be on here with you today. Well, it, it, I've been excited to, to get to know you, and I've heard about you there and the work that you're doing there in, in Danville. And uh, when we talked, when BJ and I talked the other day, uh, uh, we were in Lexington for like 28 years and, uh, uh, and helped, uh, were involved with uh, one of the ones in starting, uh, uh, the Fayette congregation there in Lexington. So a lot of good memories, been to Danville many times when Steve and Betty Wolfgang were there and they're going way back. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but anyway, uh, a lot of good uh, memories with, uh, with the Danville area. But uh, really appreciate you taking the time to, to be on here with us. Um, and what I like to start out with, you know what? I, I did this a while ago with Edwin. I, I want to do it with you as well, BJ. What's your wife's name? So my wife's name is Kylie. 
And uh, then we have two children. We have a a three-year-old little girl named Ava and a one-year-old, almost two-year-old boy named Dane and a third one on the way. Kylie, Kyla. Kylie, K-Y-L-I-E. Kylie, okay. All right, so I want to give a shout out to Kylie uh, because just think about this for a second. What role does she play in helping you lead others to Christ? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, we can spend 30 minutes on that, <laughs> but um, I, I will apologize. I'm, my connection's not the so I'm getting little bits, but um, I think the question was, uh, what is my wife's role in, in helping me and in, in lead yeah. others to Christ? Yes. Um, you know, I am married to uh, an incredible woman. Uh, you know, and there, there, there's no such thing as a preacher's wife in scripture, uh, even though, you know, uh, in many, in many times the, the women who marry preachers often live in glass houses. And uh, I will say my wife has been the most supportive, uh, and helpful, uh, person uh, in my entire life. Uh, and we have been through some difficult things together. And my wife has demonstrated to me time and time again what it means to put our trust in God and submit to him uh, through the, the difficult times and the good things. But I'll say this. One of the things that I love about my wife in particular about, you know, leading others to Christ is, you know, my wife uh, is not a respecter of persons. Uh, she will open up her home to anybody at any time. Uh, and so many of the the wonderful you know, moments and, and relationships that we've built with people that you know have eventually come to Christ or were new disciples or just getting to know disciples wherever we've been have been across our kitchen table uh, and a meal prepared by her hands. And uh, I'm just so grateful for her hospitality and and she shows me uh, how it looks to love others uh, and meet them where they're at. And so I'm just so grateful for her. Well, thank you for sharing that. And uh, uh, now we know that she'll listen to it because she's going to want to know what you said. <laughs> she tries <laughs> She tries to stay away from uh, uh, being featured on anything I do online. So she'll be she'll be embarrassed. I brought her up, but that's OK. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you know, and I apologize uh, to all the other. Uh, well, we've interviewed, I, I think, four or five women, but apologize to the other spouses out there at times that I didn't remember to bring them up because. Mm-hmm. I know from my own personal experience, I couldn't do what I do without uh, my wife's name is gay, short for gay now. But uh, but I could not have done over the years what we've done without her help and support. So yeah. um, so thank her for all of us for what she does. I, I like to start out. I know you've listened to a couple of the interviews, but I call it an elevator pitch or short <laughs> <coughs> short bio. Uh, a lot of people know who BJ uh, Sipe is. A lot of people don't. Uh, would you give us a little history? I mean, go all the way back to where you were born, and about how old you were when you obeyed the gospel, and kind of bring everybody up to date. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I was born in Southern California. I was born in Orange, California, but I was raised in the Pacific Northwest in Oregon. Uh, my parents moved up there with my brother, Brandon, and I when I was about two or three years old. And uh, Oregon is a, a wonderful, beautiful place, uh, and we we just loved growing up there and, and all the different things that there was to do, but not a lot of churches. 
Uh, and so, you know, the friends and the the relationships we made, you know, were lifelong. And, you know, I was just talking to someone on video call yesterday that I grew up with, uh, you know, who's a Christian. And uh, I became a Christian when I was about 13 or 14 years old. I think I was 14 years old when I made that decision. And uh, since then, uh, I, I kind of went through a phase where, you know, I became a Christian but I didn't live like a Christian for uh, quite a long time, especially through high school and uh, early college. And, and we'll get to there later. Um, but I, I had. A... And uh, finally, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I certainly never wanted to preach. That was never one of my goals. Um, but it, it's something that I ended up falling, kind of falling into. And, and now, you know, wouldn't do anything else in the whole world. But uh after uh, some time kind of figuring out what I wanted to do, a guy named Bob Buchanan, which I'm sure you know, many of your listeners know, uh, a good friend of my dad's, showed up in Oregon and said, hey, uh, I want you to go to Florida College. And uh, I want you to room with this young man who's coming from Cairo, Egypt. He needs a roommate. Wow. And uh, he was a Muslim and has become a Christian. And so we, I, I had nothing to do. And I said, why not? So I packed up my stuff. I drove five days and uh, landed in Florida and stayed for four years. I, I, uh, got a degree in biblical studies and then a a degree in communication while I was there. I met my wife, Kylie, while I was there and started doing some preaching, uh, for some churches while I was there. Uh, the North Boulevard church gave me an opportunity, uh, to step in and and preach while I was a student there and was a, a remarkable group. We miss them and love them all very dearly. And then, uh, after that, my wife and I moved back to Oregon where we worked with a church in South Salem for about three years. We then had an opportunity to go down to Texas, the good state of Texas for a while. And we spent a little under two years there. And then by God's providence, he wanted us here in Danville and we have found ourselves here and and we're staying here. This is home and it's become, (laughs) become our family. and, And we've been here for three years. Hey, once you've had your toes in that bluegrass, it, it's hard to leave. It's it. I'll tell you what, I, I if you'd have told me five years ago that I would be living in Danville, Kentucky, I would have laughed at you. But as my as my dad always says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Oh, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I, and I told you I would do this, but there's so many things that you shared there. And I love I love doing this, the, the, the bio, because I learned so much just in a short little time. But uh, yeah, I met Bob Buchanan years and years ago, and uh, but and this has come up, BJ. Uh, it, it, do you know or have you met Benjamin Lee? Do you know that name? Yeah, yeah okay. Benjamin and Nikki Lee. Yeah, yeah, he was the first one I interviewed, and in that interview, we were talking about different things, and <clears throat> and uh, one time he said something about you know I was just wondering what if I hadn't done this or what if I hadn't said something to her. And uh, so I picked up on that and we've had it in every episode. So down to the point that I even got the domain name a couple of weeks ago, the what if movement. <laughs> and so and what, I, <laughs> and what I mean, and I watch what I'm going to do here. What if Bob Buchanan had not talked to your dad and then talked to you about going to Florida College? What if that had ne- what if they what if that opportunity had never come up? You know? oh, man. Yeah, everything would be different. I, w- I wouldn't be married to the woman I am or have the kids I do or be working where I am. It's just, it's, you know, 
God's manifold wisdom and his providence. You, you look back and see everything God has been doing and you just, all you can do is stand back in amazement and praise him. Uh, I just, uh, I love to study the providence of God. Do I understand it? No, but I just, <laughs> I love it. And it's like things like that. <clears throat> One of Bob Buchanan's uh, uh, friends was uh, uh, basketball, my uh, basketball coach in high school. His name was Buck Sidner. He's passed away, but he was a Christian. Did you ever hear that name, Buck Sidner? I have. I've heard that name. Yeah. Well, now, when I was a sophomore in high school, uh, we missed by just a couple of points of going to the state tournament. And, and in, in Kentucky, like every, it's a big deal. But anyway, we didn't get to go. And I remember him asking my dad, could he take me to the state tournament? And dad, because he said, I want to expose him to what it's like. And he, my dad said, sure. So he took me and a, a guy named Roy Hauser, uh, who was a state farm uh, adjuster. Uh, I don't know if you heard that name, but uh, Roy's recently passed away. And so they're both gone. But uh, but then I find out years later that they were both Christians. And here they had this young sophomore sitting in the back seat that they're, wow. uh, you know, uh, and it's like, what? You know, well, what if they hadn't invited me? Well, I don't, it's just, uh, but I, I just, uh, I'll stop on that. You're going to hear yeah. more about the what, the what if movement as we go forward. I but, love uh, that. But uh, but yeah, it's just things like that that and that causes people to stop and think. Um, and uh, is Bob? I, I don't know that is Bob still alive. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's he's not doing as much travel, and I know that um, uh, his wife has been uh, very ill as of late, and so he's he's centered close to home more recently. Is he still down in the Bowling Green area? Or? Yes, to my knowledge, okay. yes, yeah. yeah. But here's an idea. All right. Is that when I hear stories like this, you know, and if the people are still alive, if you haven't talked to Bob in a while, you ought to give him a call, call and say, Bob, I was talking to somebody. The other day. He might remember me. I don't know. Probably not. But <laughs> and, and just say, I just wanted to say one more time. Thank you for everything that you did and helping me, you know, when I was just a kid. Uh, yep. And I, I guarantee you, he would really appreciate that. So. Um, all right. So, so many good things there. So. Podcast. I know uh, I, I've got it in my notes because I know you've got your set your mind above podcast, right? That's right. Um, and so let's uh, let just here's a little time for a commercial, I guess. But uh, <laughs> tell everybody of what your uh, what your goals and your purpose and your focus is of your podcast. Of set your mind above. Sure. So at the Set Your Mind Above podcast, we take everyday ordinary events and explore how they can teach us extraordinary eternal truths, and really that idea came from my father. My dad did it all the time with my brother and I growing up where we would just go like take a run to the dump, for example. And I remember one time we were at the dump and we're throwing stuff out onto this big, you know, heap of garbage. And he said, do you want, you want to run down and pick that back up? And I'm like, well, no, he's like, are you sure you don't want to keep this stuff? I'm like, dad, why would I want to keep any of this stuff? Like this is garbage. And he said, well, why is it then that, you know, you want to hold on to, this dead man that you were supposed to, you know, bury, you know, in, in this man of sin, like that's garbage. It's, it's dead. Why, why are you bringing that back home with you? You know, you, you should leave it behind. And it was just things like that, where my dad would take just ordinary things and use them to teach us something extraordinary. And I mean, that's what Jesus did with the parables. He took things that were common that people understood oh, and yeah. just challenged their thinking. 
And so that's the goal with the podcast is we have short 10 minute episodes where I spend about five minutes talking about something that happened, you know, in my day or something common, you know, that we all can relate to. And then we just take another five minutes and explore, you know, what that teaches us about our relationship with others or our relationship with Christ. And it's just a a great way to start your day uh, or to end your day. And it's a, a great opportunity, you know, for me to continue to just set my mind above and challenge myself to no matter what I'm doing, to think about what is this teaching me about Jesus and what is this teaching me about Christ? Well, it, it's really good. And I, and I encourage everybody that's listening and watching today to go check that out. Go check out BJ's uh, Set Your Mind Above podcast. It's really good. Uh, and uh, see, I, I mean, I'm 75, right? And when we started this podcast. I went, I knew what a podcast was, but I've learned so much just with the technical things like <laughs> the advantages that you young guys have. And the tools that are there, it's just mm. mind blowing of, uh, you know, of what we grew up with. And, uh, and, and because of these, right. uh, these podcasts and, and all the people that I've met, all the ideas, and uh, we've got a lot of things that we're pulling together that we'll share, not today, but we'll share with you in the near future uh, that have, they're all built around the, the technology tools that are out there and how we can, uh, how we can lead others to Christ and reach more people. But um uh, uh, I went on the website. I went on your website and and I I want you to talk about this a little bit because I find this fascinating as well. Um, You had on there the the times of worship and all the the things that you do, but you also had other Bible study opportunities. And I wrote these down and uh, Mm -hmm. I I want you to, I think I I know the mindset, but uh, I call them meetups. You call them meetups. Is that what you call them? Well, yeah, the you can use the Meetup app. We're not using the Meetup app. It's just kind of word of mouth in our community since okay. we're a small town. Okay. So, uh, but I, I wrote down uh, the Hub Coffee House and Cafe every mm-hmm. Friday morning at 8.30. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say this. I want everybody to hear what you're doing. Starbucks every Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, the Campus Center at Center College. I know where that is. Uh, every two, every other Tuesday at 6.30. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm, I'm anxious to hear, t- tell us about that and what you've experienced and, and what you guys are trying to do with that. Absolutely. You know, we need to be, you know, in the word constantly and studying and growing, but why do that in a private place when we can do that in a place where we can be visible and encourage others to sit down and, and, and study the Bible with us and, and, and talk about Christ. And so these coffee shop studies, we have so many coffee shops um, here in, in Danville that have kind of, you know, sparked up in the last three years. Uh, and we've built relationships with the baristas there. Uh, one of the baristas, um, you know, actually several of the baristas have had studies with me and, and one is going to be coming to that center college study going forward. Uh, it's just amazing the, the relationships you can build with people when you invest in them and listen and, and show them that you genuinely care about them and their life and their soul and not just view them as, you know, people that are just there to serve you. you know, these are souls that I need to recognize and see and love and listen to. And so that's why we've started all of these. And so it's given us opportunities to meet new people in our community, to build relationships. We've had several sit down and study with us as a result. 
And uh, I know that it's going to continue to bear fruit in the future. And we've got several students uh, at the college. Um, we, we're just now resuming that because we had to stop. We weren't allowed on campus because of COVID restrictions for the longest time, but they've opened that back up now. And so we're resuming that study. And we've got several students that have already said that they're going to come back and be a part of that. And uh, when, when we first started it, uh, we had four students and then several from our community that came. And it was just a wonderful opportunity to sit and open the Bible together and talk about faith and to challenge each other. And of course, people came from different backgrounds and had different opinions about God or about faith or about worship. And what a better opportunity to you know share the hope and, and of Christ than in a, a situation like this in a, in a place where people are are coming to learn anyway. They're they're in it. we're in a college campus, a college you know. Um, you know, student center, and we're there to challenge each other and, and, and grow in faith and love. And so it was a, it was a great work. We're going to continue to do it. And I'm just grateful that we have these kind of opportunities in our community. Well, I just want to commend you. I, I, I love those type things and uh, uh, the value of teaching the, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, when you talk to them about a lot of Christians, talk to them about setting up Bible studies and leading others to Christ, you know, and you've heard this, the, the fear factor that's there. Oh, I can't do that or that. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm an introvert or I, I, I don't, I don't talk to strangers, right. You know, right. to have to teach people how to get over that and show them that they can do that. It's easy. And uh, because so many of those baristas and, and the different ones that are out there, they want somebody to talk to that's a lot right. of times. They're going through their work every day and, and immersed in that, and hardly anybody says anything to them. Yeah. So when when BJ says something to that, you get their attention, right? That's right. Um, and and there's going to be people that are out there that are looking. I, and I like the phrase that you and I, I I use this too. But explain to people what you mean when you said you have to invest in them. <laughs> I know, know what that means. Tell, tell them what you, what that means. Right. And and so this is where it starts for me is. You know, you think about what Jesus did for us, you know, Jesus for, for every single person and myself included, he, he died for me. He spilled his blood. I was not ransomed with gold or, and silver or things of man. I was, I was ransomed with the blood of Jesus Christ. And the question I first ask is, am I a good investment? You know, am I bringing back the return to God, what, what Jesus has invested in me? And obviously the answer to that is I'll never be able to pay back. That's not the point. Right. But the point is, you know, looking and understanding what Jesus did for me, that gives me, you know, the model of what I am called to do for others. And when you look at Jesus' ministry, Jesus, you know, saw people that others didn't see, you know, those who were overlooked, those that were rejected, those that were downcast. And Jesus cared, like he cared enough to listen he cared enough to reach out. He cared enough to sit with them, to teach them, to encourage them. Uh, and in our lives, you have to invest in people. The old expression is, is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. And really, when we talk about evangelism, evangelism is not a, a program. It is not a series of studies that you take someone through. Evangelism is allowed. Allowing Christ to live in me, to be seen in me. And when I approach it that way, and I invest in people, I give them my time, I give them my attention, I give them 
my energy. I give them my resources when they have needs. You know, I reach into my pocket and I help take care of those needs and just show them like, listen, I'm here. I care for you. I care about your soul. I want to invest in you. That's where people are drawn to God. That's when people are drawn to Christ. You know, they see the light and the light is not us. The light is Jesus and they give glory to God. And, and if we all are willing to participate in the gospel, the way that, you know, we've been called to do and be lights and to live this and to invest in people, I think it would be amazing to see what happens, you know, as a result in our local churches, if, if, if we all took on this kind of an, an attitude, and it's something that I'm continuing to try to grow in and that we all need to continue to grow in. Again, I'm glad I asked you that. Uh, that, that is so good. I'm going to use the what if again, what if we did that? What, what everything that you just said, what if we could learn that? What if we could put that into practice? What would the local congregations look like if we invested ourselves in, in the people in the community? Uh, uh, I'm sure I know you've preached on that, but that's, uh, that's just such a powerful lesson for us all to learn. And yeah, and to remind us of the, uh, did Jesus invest anything in us? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, his blood, right? I mean, he, he, his whole life, he invested in us. And, uh, and we right. sit sometimes and act like, well, that, ser- that preacher's sermon's too long. When's BJ going to stop today? He's preaching too long today, but, you know, or not, not think about, <laughs> you know, uh, of, of sometimes how we lose our focus and just forget what this is all about. Uh, believe it or not, Matt just right. gave me the signal. We've got five minutes to go. Uh, uh, it goes so oh. fast. I know it goes so fast, but uh, it does. Um, all right, let's do this. I know you've got several. Uh, share with us a, a conversion story that comes to mind. Maybe some some unique circumstances or situation <laughs> that you'd like to share with everybody. There's a lot that I'd love to tell, but let me tell you about one guy. His okay. name is Randy Brock. Randy worships with us here in Danville. Randy came to us several years ago. And Randy, when he came to us, Randy could not hardly read. Uh, Randy couldn't write very well. Uh, Randy stopped school at uh, at like the seventh grade, Uh, did not have an education, just worked, you know, his whole life and was recently a widow, widower. Um, And he, he, he came to us broken. And Randy, I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to start crying just talking about him. He teaches me about God every single day. I mean, he thinks I'm teaching him. He's teaching me. Um, but his story is great because actually his baptism resulted in a, in a trip to the emergency room <laughs> because <laughs> this is the best baptism story. So he, the, the baptism in of itself was difficult because he's afraid of water. And so I was fighting with this man who's three times the size of me to get him under, but we got him under. And as he was walking out, the steps were wet and he slipped and fell and hit his head on the stairs. And so we rushed this man to the hospital thinking that we saved him and then killed him (laughs) in one fell swoop. Uh, But he, he since forgave us uh, of that, uh, you know, uh, incident and we have installed more handrails and non-slick pads and all that stuff in our baptistry. But I'll tell you what, Randy, you just got to get to know him. This man sits at home and, you know, uh, someone who, who couldn't read or write. Now, when we get together, he'll read an entire chapter out loud 
and we'll work through words that he doesn't know. And he goes home and he studies scripture and he traces, he first writes it in pencil and then traces over it in pen to try to memorize it and has a whole binder full of scriptures. And he's listening to different things. I mean, he is hungry for the word and his growth over the past two years has been tremendous. And so I, I just, you know, you sit and you listen to him pray. He has no background, no history. And his prayers sometimes are just, you know, God, I love you. And, and thank you. Thank you for loving me. And that's it. Wow. Really? What more could you say? I mean, no. hey, hey, amen. Amen He's to a, that prayer. Yeah. Wow. What BJ, that's a that's a great. That's why I like asking this. The stories are just amazing. Um, but that's uh, that's a good one. Um, is it Randy B-R-O-C-K? Brock? B-R-O-C-K. Randy Brock. Randy Brock. Oh, that, that is so sweet. Um, and you said he recently lost his wife. I lost you there. Go ahead again, Dan. I said, you say he recently uh, became a widow, widower. He lost his wife. His yeah. Wife his, his, his wife passed away. I think about five years ago, four years ago. Okay. All right. Well, um, tell, when you see Randy, tell him we were talking and I said for you to give him a hug for us. I will tell him that. I will tell him that. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. The time goes too fast on these, but um, uh, I told you the other day, I was going to ask you one thing. So you, somebody's listening to this and they're excited uh, and maybe their fire went out at some point and they realize they need to get back involved in, in helping lead others to Christ, or maybe they've never done it and they're wanting to learn how. And there's more than one thing, but what would you say would be one thing that they need to do or one thing they need to learn how to do to do this work? Mm. Uh, really, it, it, for me, it all boils down to one thing, and that's do you love people? And, and do you really genuinely care for people? If I really love and learn to see souls, and, and, and I talk about this, you know, in the past, you know, oftentimes we, we look at people and, you know, we don't think anything about their salvation or their life or how they're doing. You know, they're just here to make my coffee or this guy's just there to drive my bus or this guy's just here, you know, to be my doctor. And no, these are individuals with families and lives and you know, opinions and, and experiences and faith, you know, uh, often in and of themselves. And we need to stop being, you know, really what it is, is if we're being honest, it's apathetic. You know, we, we just don't think about the souls of others. We just don't care enough to ask. And the first thing we need to do is we need to develop a, a let love be genuine is what Paul wrote. And we need to develop a genuine love for the souls of others, because if we care enough, we'll care enough to do something. We'll care enough to ask. We'll care enough to, you know, put ourselves out there. And when you start demonstrating love for others and allowing Christ to be shown through you, that's when you know, the work of the gospel is really done. That's when the rubber meets the road and you'll start to see things happen because that's what this is all about. Yes. And I should have told you at the beginning, if you see me looking down, it's not, I'm not paying, doesn't mean I'm not paying attention. I'm making notes. I'm right. Oh, no, you're fine. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, that's good. Do you love people and to see souls? Um, uh, and, and I like the way you added to that, to see that 
they've got family, they've got a job, they've got lives, they've got who knows what's going on in there. And to see that and to think about them, we really do have to look through, change our lenses, right? To look yeah. through different eyes. That's right. And, uh, I know you've heard the old corny thing about, you said apathetic. What does what uh, apathy mean? I don't know. And I don't care. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, that's, sometimes that's where people find themselves. But yes. we've got to start. We've got to start loving more. We've got to start caring more. Uh, uh, one thing that we've learned, I don't think I said this at the beginning. This is not to be negative. This is just real. Um, uh, the number of churches that are the churches of Christ that are closing their doors every year. Um and because of uh, not reaching out in the community, not teaching, um, the average age in, a, in congregations, uh, Matt's got all these stats down. Uh, he's memorized all. We, we got a lot of this information from Joseph Sullivan that we interviewed earlier on. Mm-hmm. He lives down in Tampa. But uh, the average age in a lot of our congregations is in the 70s. Uh, 54% of the, all of the churches of Christ have around 30 to 35 people. And it, there's just a lot of places that uh, people don't understand that. And uh, they can't afford to hire, they don't have a full-time preacher. They can't afford to have gospel meetings. And so there's just a lot of, we just need to get on fire again and, uh, and realize what we can do and, 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 and get back to work while we still have that opportunity. Um, that's right. But uh, anyway, well, we appreciate you and appreciate what you're doing there. And if somebody wanted to reach out to you and they say, I want to get I want to get to know this BJ guy some more. Uh, what's some contact information uh, or a way for them to contact you? Sure. Yeah. So they can, of course, reach me at my personal cell phone, area code 503-602-8310. They could email me at Sipe, S-I-P-E, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, one zero at gmail.com. Or you can hit me up on Facebook or all the other different platforms that I'm a part of and, and or reach out to our website at the uh, the Danville Church of Christ. And you can reach us on our website and, and get a hold of me there. But uh, anything that I could do to encourage you or help you uh, in your walk of faith, I know that uh, when people have reached out to me, that they do the same for me. And so uh, don't, don't hesitate to give me a call. Well, thank you again. I, you know, I, I have found this, uh, I could tell several stories on folks that, that I've reached out to and, uh, uh, in, in referrals that I get, uh, cause you're going to refer some people to me that I need to talk to. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, of the number of people out there, even our own brothers and sisters, this is going to sound strange they don't have anybody to talk to or they they're there. <clears throat> One time I was in a session where this lady said, I come in, I sit on the back row and I'm one of the first ones to leave. And, but she said, I don't have anybody to talk to. Hmm. And, and it was one of the set. She said, and then she said, it's one of the loneliest places that I go. Mm. And can, and that doesn't that break your heart? That shouldn't it, be that way. No, and either you know, does she have faults in that? Of course, sure. But the congregation that where she's going, they don't realize that, and they 
but there's so many of us out here. I need to talk to BJ. I need to talk. I need to be encouraged by you about what you're doing and hopefully vice versa. That's and, right. uh, and even if I'm old enough to be your grandfather and I am, <laughs> how old are you? Uh, 30, I don't know, 31. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. 31. I, I have a grandson that's 30. So uh, uh, you can call me Papa if you want to. But anyway. Uh, but uh, All right, Papa. <laughs> all right, Papa. Yeah. But um, uh, I got to tell you this quick story. Matt knows it. But we've been, I, I met a guy like two years ago, uh, of all places, in the restroom at Cheesecake Factory. And I introduced myself to him and we started talking and I heard an accent and I said, if you don't mind me asking, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Africa, from Nigeria. And so we started talking fast mm. forward two years. He obeyed the gospel a couple of weeks ago. And uh, uh, but wow. they just had they just had their third son and they named him after me. And uh, so I've got it. I've got it. And I told I have a grandson, <laughs> Daniel. But I've got a, uh, and he said, I want you to meet your black grandson, Daniel. And uh, isn't that a great story? But, uh, <laughs> I but, love that. Oh, it's just a special thing and, and uh, just a special family. But um, anyway, Absolutely. thank you so much and uh, keep up your good work there. And Lord willing, we'll get to meet each other, you know, face to face here uh, sometime in the near future. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe the next time I go to Lexington, because we still have family there. We, we could get together. I could come over to one of your coffee shop meetings. Oh, I would love that. You're welcome oh. anytime. And thank you, Dan. All glory to God. All right. Well, thank you so much, too. And we will talk soon. Thanks, brother. Thank you, brother. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.